it is good to be, it's good to be back. Uh, Kendall said that I'm back from sabbatical. I was expecting more of a s- applause. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I was just joking. Thank you guys. It's really good to be back. Uh, my, well, myself and also with my family, we've had the last three months uh, to take some time, to be able to rest, to be able to uh, take naps uh, every day. Uh, this week, it was my first week back and I was exhausted. Every single time my daughter takes a nap, I've been taking a nap. Uh, so like one o'clock rolled around and I was like, I just felt like I was in a fog. Um, so I'm glad that I'm preaching before one o'clock or else I would just, <laughs> I'd need a nap. Um, but it was a great time for uh, my family to kind of, to connect, uh, to reconnect in some ways. We spent some time traveling, visiting friends, visiting family, uh, too much traveling that by the time it was done, we were really good to be, to be back. Um, during this sabbatical, I went into it, um, Right? Life, gets, life gets busy and life gets hectic, and I feel like I was able to think one week at a time. Uh, and my prayer through that uh, was that I was able to dream and to be able to vision again. Uh, and partway through that, that sabbatical, my prayer changed to, uh, instead of being able to dream and to vision for the future, it was to be filled up with God's Spirit. Because uh, knowing when I'm filled up with God's Spirit, that's an outpouring of that. Uh, and I feel like that was happening, and I feel like it's continuously happening, and I'm excited to come back and to be able to apply what God has been teaching me, what I've learned, and this rest that I've been able to get. So I just want to thank you guys as uh, my church family, uh, from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you, uh, that you guys don't know how much this meant to myself, uh, to my family, um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to being back, that I love this church, love this community, and uh, it is something that I call home and family, so we are excited to be back. Uh, and I got thrown straight into the fire, and I'm preaching right away. Uh, I, Matt actually asked me, he said, hey, when do you want to preach? And I was like, oh, yeah, I could preach the first Sunday I'm back. I'm sure the, like, the Lord will teach me something in the three months I'm gone to be able to be up here. Uh, so I've been preparing this sermon for three months. So you better like it. Um, um, but we are starting, and yeah, we are starting a new sermon this this. Morning. Uh, we're starting a new sermon series called Life Hacks, uh, and that's what that's all about: uncommon solutions to common problems. Uh, that I don't know if you spend any time online. Everybody seems to want to make life easier. Life hacks are all over the place. One that I saw recently was uh, somebody like fixing anything from a broken chair leg to a full-out kitchen sink with ramen noodle and super glue, like a chisel, and sandpaper. Anybody see that? It's crazy. I don't know if that's real, um, but that will save you a lot of money. Instead of buying a whole new sink, uh, ramen noodle is 25 cents at your local grocery store. Uh, Saves you tons of money. I'm sure it took a lot of time. Uh, But there are a few life hacks that I want to share with you guys this morning. They are anything that, um, maybe they aren't something that comes to your head right away, but they're something that makes life easier. Uh, and every single one that I know has to do with food. So, we're going to eat some food, okay? Um, life hack number one. Are you ready? This right here uh, is a cupcake. Anybody like cupcakes? Um, you know what? Cupcakes, like, when I was a kid, they were so much easier to eat. You know, like, there's your cupcake and a thin layer of icing on there, and you could eat it. But now, 
you go to the cupcake shop, cupcake store, uh, wherever they make cupcakes, and they start to put more icing on the cupcake than actual cake. Hey, look at this thing. And this one's not even that bad. Like, you see it, and they just go all the way up. So uh, I said that I would, like, because somebody asked me uh, if they could help out and eat some of this food. So, uh, Anna, do you want to come up here? Are you okay to come up here, or do you want me, like, to give it to you after? No, come up here. You need to come up here. It only works this way. Okay? So, Anna, if you were to come home, and there is, like, this lovely cupcake sitting on your counter, how would you eat it? She would just dive right in there. Okay, but here's a problem. Uh, especially, can I touch it before you eat it? Is it okay? I wash my hands. That's okay. Uh, the problem is, especially if you're somebody who has a mustache, uh, when you eat, the, cu- the icing gets stuck in your mustache, and it's impossible. So life hack. Are you guys ready for this one? Maybe you've seen it before. Maybe you haven't. Anna, are you ready for this? Cupcake sandwich. You can, you, can eat, you can eat that one if you want. Take a bite. Thanks, Anna. You can take a seat. You can take a seat. Yeah, you can have that. Uh, I thought if I eat it, I'm going to have, like, uh, chocolate in my teeth the whole time, and everybody's going to see it and stare at me. Okay, number two. This is one uh, that I learned this summer. Uh, my daughter, she turned two this summer, and one of her favorite things to do is to eat ice cream or popsicles. One time I thought, you know what, I'm going to take her uh, to Annie's in Fish Creek Park, and we're going to have ice cream. She had a bright yellow shirt on. Uh, what kind of ice cream do they have? Is Her favorite is, kids, what's your favorite ice cream? Oh, maybe there's no kids in here. They got dismissed. As a kid, what was your favorite ice cream? Uh, you're all wrong. It's bubblegum. Uh, and that is bright blue, okay? So that obviously what happens is it drips and it gets everywhere. But uh, I learned this hack, especially when it comes to popsicles. And I didn't cheap out. This has been sitting here for 15 minutes, so it's probably dripping already, okay? If I can open it. So you have a popsicle. If I can open it. Oh. Does any hole? Oh, there's like a lot of juice in the bag already. Okay, so this one is a special popsicle. This one is a fuzzy peach popsicle. It's already dripping already, right? Like if you're outside and it's plus 30 and you're trying to eat this thing, how are you supposed to eat it? It just drips. My hands are completely sticky already. And especially when you have a little kid, I learned that this is just genius. Take your popsicle and you stick it into another, a cupcake. So once you're done eating your cupcake, into a cupcake holder. And now where does the drips go? into this beautiful cup that you can have a drink after you're done with your popsicle. You can applaud, you can applaud now. That was that good. Uh, who wants this? Here you go. You can eat. Don't let it drip on the carpet. Um, okay, here's... I wish somebody had napkins. Uh, okay, so here's my last one. Oh, thank you. It's a wet wipe. Uh, my wife is prepared. That was awesome. Uh, okay, so here's another one. What is uh, the proper way to eat Norio? What do you guys like to do? Well, we got some people who are like twist, lick, right, and put it back together. But the best way to eat an Oreo is obviously with what? Milk. Okay, are you ready for this one? So we got milk, 2%. Don't know why, that's just what I grew up drinking, so that's what I've got, okay? Um, So you've got milk. 
So you've got your Oreo, and this is how I grew up eating Oreos. I feel like I was such a, like a chump, you know, just didn't know. Uh, you take your Oreo, and you would dip, okay? So there are some problems, well, because some people will break them apart, lick the middle, put them together, then dip, right? That's, who does that here? Anybody? One, two, maybe, you know? Who just grabs that Oreo, you got your uh, thumb and your index finger, and you just go for the dip? Huh? Most people, right? You dip it, but the problem is, when I just did that, only half the Oreo got milk. What, what are you supposed to do with that? You know, or you like dip it all the way in and now you've got your dirty fingers in your milk. You know, does somebody want this one? <laughs> okay, so you could eat it. You know, oh, it still tastes good. You know, it's a good Oreo. Or if you want to get your entire Oreo covered in milk, the perfect ratio of milk to Oreo, you use a fork. Watch, are you ready? Put it into the icing, and you dip. Complete Oreo coverage. Somebody want to eat it? I just don't want, like, Oreo stuff in my teeth the whole time, because that stays in there for a long time. Okay, I'm going to have a little bit of milk. So those are some of the life hacks that I use, and maybe you've just learned something new and your life has completely changed. I hope it is. Somebody want the milk? I'll leave it up here. Maybe I'll drink it while I uh, keep preaching. Um, So those are a few life hacks. Here's another one. For those like uh, men in a relationship where your significant other does, um, at first, didn't really like a mustache. But you wanted a mustache. So how do you get a mustache? Here's a life hack. Are you ready for it? You grow a beard that looks like that, that she doesn't really like, and it like is long, and you stick things in there, uh, and you go hiking for a week where you have a campfire the whole time, and your beard smells like campfire, and you leave it, right? And then you shave it all off, and you leave the mustache, and she thinks it looks great. Life hack of how to keep a mustache on your face. Um, there's, one, there's one more thing. This past week, um, my wife came downstairs and she was like, hey, can you fix the baby monitor? Uh, we just got this brand new baby monitor because our other one was old. It was, we bought it used. It was falling apart. It was one of the video things. It no longer took video and the sound really didn't work at all either. Uh, so Amazon Prime deals came up. Uh, and my wife bought a new baby monitor. This one has two cameras for two kids, because uh, we're expecting one this December. Um, so this December 27th, uh, a Christmas baby, that'll be fun. Um, so she comes downstairs, this monitor doesn't work. She's like, hey, can you fix it? What is the first thing that I told her to do? I said, have you tried turning off and on again. To which she replied, yes, of course. You know, that's the first thing that every single person does. So I said, hey, have you tried unplugging the battery, plugging it back in? To which she said, yes, and it still didn't work. Now what? All of our IT knowledge has been used. And so I, I said, hey, can I try it? I unplugged it, plugged it back in, and it worked. 
I guess I just have the magic touch. Um, but that is how I fix all of our electronics. Uh, from my TV, to the computer, to video games, to baby monitors. Uh, first thing you do, you try to turn it on, or try to turn it off and on again, or you unplug it, and most of the time it works. Maybe you didn't know this life hack before, and you just like, oh, my TV stopped working, uh, and you didn't try to unplug it first, and you just bought a new one. You know, maybe I'm just going to save you hundreds of dollars right now. Try to unplug it first and plug it back in. Sometimes it works, right? There's something magical that happens when there's just this reset uh, that happens. And maybe there's something that we can actually learn from that. Uh, I know that not everybody has the opportunity to uh, take three months off uh, and unplug, but I think there are areas in our lives where we can unplug, uh, where we can turn off and turn back on again. Um, one of the first things that I noticed when we moved here to Calgary was the way that people greeted one another. That you would go up to somebody and you'd shake their hand and you're like, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, good, busy. And then I'd just be like, cool. And then I'd walk away. Uh, well, really not that awkward. Uh, but as soon as somebody would say, I'm busy, I would feel like, oh, you know what? They're too busy for me. Uh, that there is like, I grew up in a small town where people really didn't have anything to do. Um, so they were never busy. Uh, but there's people in Calgary, and it's good, right? People are busy, people are working, like people enjoy doing what they do, and there's busyness that comes with it. That I quickly found myself becoming busy. I became busy when it came to life. I became busy when it came to church. Uh, that I became busy, busy, busy. And the thing, what happens is, you know what? Um, Especially in work, you've got all these tasks to do. You complete those tasks. More tasks come up. People can see that you can actually uh, finish those tasks. What do they do? They give you more work and you become more busy. So what is the common solution to busyness? It's obviously becoming more busy. Putting your head down and working harder. And that's what I found myself doing. I was working harder, 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 harder. And there's something that happened in there that I don't think there, there is something wrong with being uh, busy. I don't think there's something wrong with having something to do. I don't think there's something wrong with loving what you do. Uh, but I think there's something wrong uh, with the way that I responded to my busyness. Uh, and that was putting my head down and not inviting anybody else in. Trying to complete it on my own. And in that, uh, my busyness increased, uh, so did my anxiety. My sleep, my sleep decreased. Um, my anger increased. The way that I responded to people increased. Uh, and I started, um, yeah, I started to put other things uh, above my, my health. I became short with people that I would usually have patience with in those situations. Uh, that busyness was not working well for me. So what was the solution to that? What was the solution to that? Maybe uh, it was time to unplug. Last week, Jamie preached and she, I was talking to her this week, and she said that she did an analogy that just didn't work. Uh, she said she asked people this question. She said, hey, who here loves camping? Put your hand up. Uh, and like two or three hands went up. Uh, there's one problem with Jamie's analogy. She asked people, do you love camping on August long weekend when everybody who loves camping was camping? Um, but if I were there... If Jamie's here, if I were there, I would have put my hand right up. I would have been like, yeah, I love camping. I love spending time outdoors. I grew up uh, on an acreage. My grandparents grew up on a farm. I spent time 
farming and camping, and my parents, uh, every summer what we did is we camped for like five weeks of the year, uh, that I love being outdoors, that there is something uh, to me that is so valuable and so important about actually spending time in the great outdoors. And I still love it. I still love to hike. I still love to get away, even if that's just Fish Creek Park or going to the mountains that they're so close uh, that I just love it. There is something beautiful in nature. There is something refreshing in nature. It doesn't take us very long to even find out, you know what, that this refreshing that we feel, this love that we have, or I have, maybe you guys are similar to me, that I have for nature, that it is actually something that God has a love for as well. And when we actually open up our scriptures, right at the beginning, right, we open it up, what's the whole, what's the first few chapters of the Bible all about? Creation. Not just creation, but the beauty and the relationship that creation has with one another. Uh, that there's something so beautiful with it. I just want to read this verse from Genesis 1.26, uh, and we'll have it up on the screen. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along ground. Uh, The God has put us in charge to reign and to rule. But sometimes I think that we take this verse a little too far. I mean, let's look at, anytime that we look at the news or we like type up climate change or we look up anything that's going on in the world from our oceans to our forests, uh, that maybe we've taken this reign and to rule a little out of context. Uh, that we can do whatever we want with nature because God has given us the authority to reign and to rule and we've actually turned it into this resource uh, instead of this relationship that was intended to happen with uh, all of God's creation. Uh, right? God does not use us. Right? We have given the authority to reign and to rule in the same way that God reigns and rules, right? In his image. I don't believe that God treats us as a resource. I think God treats us as a relationship. What does it look like for us to actually care for this world and to care for creation the same way that God cares for us. That's my little creation plug, uh, creation care. Take it, don't leave it. Uh, I was going to say take it or leave it, but take it, right? Like we should treat this creation uh, the way that it should be meant to be treated, right? God is in the business of reconciliation and restoration. Let's be part of that uh, with this world as well. There's somebody... I, there's somebody that every time that I hear about them, I am always awestruck. Uh, I'm awestruck by the way that they live their life. I'm awestruck by their quotes. I'm awestruck by the stories that come out of this person's life, and that is St. Francis of Assisi. That he was somebody that was known for his relationships. Right? It was even said that, uh, you know what, he wasn't just a Christian, but he had a relationship with Christ. He was known for the ways that he had a relationship and his love for Christ. That it went beyond uh, religion, but it went into this relationship and this love. But it wasn't just his love for Christ that I find amazing. It was his love and his relationship with uh, mankind, with his fellow mankind that he loved, that he cared so deeply. Not just for people who were like him, but he cared and loved so deeply for the poor, uh, for the downtrodden, Uh, that he was somebody that every time I hear about him, I am just in awe. Uh, But he was also known not just for his love of nature, but his relationship with nature. 
that he is known as the patron saint of ecology. What does that mean? Uh, Ecology is the area of biology that deals with the relationships organisms have with one another and their physical surroundings, that he loved nature so well that that is who he is known for. There are many stories how St. Francis, as he was walking, um, he would stop when he would see birds, when he would see trees, and the people who were following him, sometimes they would stick with him, sometimes he'd just say, hey, go on, because they knew that this was going to take a long time. Uh, What he did is he did not just admire nature, but he actually preached to nature, and he prayed for nature, that he spent time in nature and his surroundings, that he had a deep connection, that he knew uh, that we as humans were not apart from nature, but we were part of nature, that we were part of it. It even went so far that he called uh, the sun his brother and the moon his sister. It says in Genesis 1, 31, it says, Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. I love this verse. He saw all that he had made and said that it was very good. Uh, growing up, I remember I heard a sermon and it was like, you know what? Uh, day one and day two, they skipped the good thing, but day three, right? It says uh, that he created these, created um, uh, the, the sea. He started to create plants, and that was when he called it good. He created the two, two uh, lights that separated day and night, and he called it good. And then finally, on the sixth day, when he created human beings, beings he called it very good. I heard somebody say this once that, you know what, everything else is good, but human beings are set apart that they are very good. But when we actually look at this verse, what's very good? Oh, when he saw his whole creation working the way that it was supposed to work together, he called it very good. That we are a part of this very good creation, not set apart from it. And I think that's the way that St. Francis lived his life. Uh, there's a powerful quote that he's got that I want to share with you guys this morning, and it's this. A single sunbeam is enough to drive away many shadows. I'm just going to read that enough. Uh, read it again. A single sunbeam is enough to drive away many shadows. Um, I shared before about busyness in my life and before sabbatical, uh, how life got busy and I put my head down. When I put my head down, I think in that busyness of not actually treating myself well and taking time to actually unplug, uh, to regain energy, some shadows started to form in my life. Some of those shadows, um, in the mix of all of this transition, uh, from the transition and the change of everything that's going on, went on here at this church. I mean, uh, just over a year ago, we didn't have a facility. Now we do. Great change. But man, did I have a bunch of ideas and I got really busy about this, right? Like you got all these dreams and visions and you get busy. Or from family change, where it went from just my wife and I to having a kid. And now there'll be another kid, right? There's all these changes and transitions in my life and some shadows started to arise. Um, one, of, one of which was anxiety greatly increased. And so did sleepless nights. Stress increased, anger increased, um, sadness increased, maybe a few too many arguments with my wife. Uh, I started to become short with people and didn't have patience. 
I found that I was trying to cure busyness with more busyness and put my head down, but I was slowly starting to turn into somebody I didn't even recognize. And it's hard. When you have a vision and an idea of who you want to be, but you can't reach it, you start to realize, hey, there's some bigger issues that are going on uh, in my life, and, I, and I'm really thankful for this church family uh, and for some people who notice those things to say, hey, you're not responding the same way that you usually would. Uh, and having some of those hard conversations. Those are hard conversations, but I am so thankful for them, uh, that people noticed those things and called it out and, and allowed me to take this, this time of rest with my family. Um, I needed an uncommon solution to a common problem. Putting my head down and getting busy wasn't working. Uh, if my life was anything like electronics, I needed to try to turn it off and turn it back on again. I needed to try to unplug I needed to take a note from St. Francis and I needed to spend some time with Brother Sun and Sister Moon. Um, so at the end of my sabbatical, we spent lots of time with family, with friends, and traveling. Uh, and to the end, I kind of planned it that way that I would end with the West Coast Trail. Has anybody done the West Coast Trail? Vancouver Island, it's a 75-kilometer hike uh, that goes down the entire, well, the beach and then you're into some trees, and you're into the beach, but you go down the entire coastline, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And if there's anybody who hasn't done it, uh, but you like love hiking, I highly recommend it. Uh, I had this buddy who was going to go with me. Two weeks before the trip, he called me and said, uh, hey, some things happened in life, and I'm not coming. And I was like, sweet. Uh, now what? Uh, so I tried to get somebody to come with me. I made a bunch of coal, or like, cold calls. I just like called people I haven't talked to in years. Uh, I was like, hey, you should come with me. I started like putting it out on social media. It felt like uh, a junior high dance. I've never been rejected more uh, in the span of a week than in junior high. Uh, so I was trying to find somebody, but in the midst of it, I was like praying. I was like, do I still go? Do I not? And I felt like the Lord said, hey, if you find somebody to go with you, great. If not, I'll be there with you. So the day came. Nobody signed up with me. Uh, I packed up, threw everything in my car, and I started to drive. And while I was driving, I kind of had a few of these uh, goals and visions and ideas of what I wanted this trip to be like and what I wanted to see. Um, again, that prayer of, I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to see uh, the world the way that God sees it. Uh, and I prayed this, this one prayer that I was reading this book, and they're like, hey, quite often on the West Coast Trail, you can see whales. Some of those whales would include orcas. I love BBC documentaries and David Attenborough. Uh, I have watched so many of them, and I've always wanted to see orcas. Uh, so I was just praying. I was like, God, you know what? Like, you know, you just throw that out there sometimes, like those little things in prayer of, hey, I would love to see orcas. Um, and on the drive, I got onto the ferry. I had something to eat. I went down. I got my book, and I went up to the very top of the ferry where you're, like, outside. And I just sat down. And I look out to my right, and there are whales in the ocean. And they're orcas. Uh, and then everybody rushes right to the side of the boat. Everybody's taking pictures uh, and smiling and loving it. And there I am, like, crying. Uh, because in that moment, I realize, you know what? God cares about the little things. God cares about me, and he cares about the little things, and that he was there with me, that I wasn't alone. And all the anxiousness and worry that I had about doing this trip alone all of a sudden went away that I just knew that God, yeah, God was there. 
Yeah, on this, so on this trip, uh, it was beautiful. I, uh, when I first started, started hiking, I met up with, so I'm like all by myself. I was like, oh, I hope I meet people. I met these two retired men, and I was like, hey, what do you guys do all day? And they're like, oh, well, you know what? We hike in North Van about two hours a day. Uh, no kidding. I couldn't even keep up. These guys are like running down the trail, and I'm trying to keep up. I was so glad that I was with them because uh, within the first like two hours of hiking, there was a bear on the trail, like from here to that side of the stage, just walking towards us. Uh, those guys seemed pretty calm. I like had my bear spray out. I was like ready to go. Uh, eventually, the bear went away, but there was so much nature, so much beauty from bears to whales. Uh, first, the first supper that I was there, sat down, made my dehydrated pad thai noodles. Uh, I were actually better than I thought they would be. Uh, and I'm sitting there, and I'm eating, and I look out into the ocean, and there are humpback whales just right in the ocean. There's days where I would see it, and I would just stop. I'd take my pack off, and I would just enjoy the whales that were just right there. Um, from seeing bald eagles to giant slugs, uh, seals, sea lions, you name it. Uh, mice trying to eat your food and trying to get into your tent. They're everywhere. Um, but the hiking, it was also hard. Uh, there's ladders. I remember one, it was like uh, 30 rungs, 30 rung, like platform, 30 rungs platform, 30 rung platform, 20 rungs platform, 20 rungs platform, and like 10. It's like over 100 steps uh, to get away from camp. Like you camp, and that's the first thing you do first thing in the morning. Uh, and you're just pouring sweat, and you're exhausted. It's hard. There are beach crossings, there are river crossings, but it was stunning. Every, but during this hike, I felt like God was speaking to me. I started every morning on the West Coast Trail the way that I start my mornings here, and that is actually just praying through the Lord's Prayer. I'd say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, holy. And I would give thanks to God for the things that he has done in my life. And I'd start to list them, and I thank God uh, for my family. I thank God for the ability to do this hike. I thank God for the rest. I thank God for this church community. And I would just thank God uh, for his creation and that I have the chance to be in. Next, I would go into uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in that, I started to pray, uh, too, for my family. I started to pray for family and friends who are sick. I started to pray for uh, this church, for the youth group, uh, that your kingdom come in this youth group, that your kingdom come in this church. And I would pray for the people that I was meeting on the trail. I was praying that somehow during this, this trail that they would see God in a new way or see God for the first time. Um, and I was just praying for God's kingdom come, his will be done. And on to the next one, give us our daily bread. And there's one morning while I was praying this, and I got to this line, and I just stopped, and I started to, like, tear up again. So you're all by yourself in the middle of nature. You're tearing up um, because of the realization uh, that everything around me had, had its daily needs, had its daily bread. These trees that have been there for hundreds of years, they've always had what they needed. These giant slugs and garter snakes to uh, all of this creation around me had what it needed. And I was reminded of this verse in Matthew 6, 26. It says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable than they are? God cares for the daily needs of everything around me, and yet I'm made in his image. How much more does he care for me? 
Though sometimes we need to unplug, take a deep breath, and to remember that God's got this. How often do I have, and I put this pressure on myself, that I've got to create a successful ministry, or I've got to do this event so that we have a ton of youth who come, or I've got to do this, and I put all this pressure and weight on myself for trying to do something that God can do on his own, right? That God is actually wanting to partner with me in that, right? So actually, like, realizing that I need to trust God with everything in my life. And I think once you start to trust God and say, hey, you know what, I'm not the Lord of my life, but God is the Lord of my life, some powerful things start to happen. Um, so that was one of these things that I started learning, right? That all this business, all these tasks, we don't need to do them alone, but that God is actually walking with us. He's partnering with us, that he is supplying our daily needs. Also, on the trail, there's these things called boardwalks. Uh, I've got a picture. Oh, I, ha- I had some pictures of the trail. You can just show those ones quick. Uh, so this is just what you're hiking. You, like, wake up, and you just start hiking some of these beautiful things. Uh, you can just, like, do, like, maybe, like, three seconds per picture until we get to the boardwalk. That's me with the beard. Uh, I wanted proof that I did the hike. Uh, and nobody was there to take pictures of me, so I had to take pictures of myself. So, and there's these underwater caves that were just were unreal. Uh, and there's this boardwalk. Okay, so during the hike, there were sections of the hike that had this boardwalk. And this was incredible. You're like hiking through like mud, climbing over roots. That's a really difficult hike. Anybody who's done the trail, you come up to these boardwalks and it feels like heaven. It's like, oh, boardwalks. Uh, It's like, you know when you go into, maybe this one, because not everybody's done the trail. Maybe you get this analogy. That when you go to the airport and they've got like those escalator uh, walkways and you're just like, just going like past everybody. uh, That's what it felt like with these boardwalks that they were incredible. Um, but, like, there's lots that look like this, but there are almost even more that look like this. Gone. Like, you can see the railings, right? You can see the railings at the bottom, and all of a sudden they just completely disappear. This hit me for a couple reasons. Number one, how sad is it to see this lovely boardwalk that you could be walking on, but it's completely gone, and you're walking through ankle-deep mud? Uh, Oh, it's so sad. Like, oh, like, your heart just is crushed in that moment. Uh, but then it hit me for another reason. It hit me uh, to realize how quickly nature takes itself back. How quickly nature takes itself back. That about 15, 20 years ago, the West Coast Trail started to do some improvements to the trail, and that was building these boardwalks and ladders because they had so many people that they had to evacuate. They thought, it's cheaper for us to build these things, and it's safer for the people. And that's all it took, 15 years, and these structures that used to be there, these structures that were built up, were gone, were fully disappeared, and that nature completely took them back. And in that moment, I heard God speak to me again, and he said, in the same way that nature takes itself back, God wants to take me back. That God wants to take you back. And while I was going through that, like all of these things that I was, all this uh, shadows that were building up in my life, I realized that God wants to take those back. And I believe that this message isn't just for me. Um, that maybe you're sitting here and in the busyness of life uh, that some things have been built up. 
but they continue to build up, build up, build up, build up, that they haven't been addressed, uh, that you're trying to take it and, and do it all by yourself, head on, but you're finding yourself just exhausted and tired and you feel like you can't do it anymore. God wants to take it back. Maybe like me, you're somebody who uh, deals with anxiety on a daily basis. But there's sometimes uh, where that anxiety increases, where I try to take that upon myself and I don't trust God with it. I feel like some people, there's parts of your anxiety and your depression that God wants to take back. That you don't have to do that journey alone, but that he wants to do it with you. That you don't have to do it alone, but he wants you to do it with other people. That he wants you to open up in community instead of just being like, well, you know what? I need to hit this by myself uh, that I can solve those problems that God actually wants to take it back. Maybe there's insecurities that have actually been built up in your life. Uh, maybe you failed one too many times that you start not to actually believe in yourself, that I'm not good enough. Or maybe other people start not believing in you, that you're not good enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not pretty enough, that you're not fit enough, and the list can go on and on. And, and, and at first you can put those away, but eventually those things that are said, they start to build up in your life. And you start to question, are those lies, are those true? And they can be built up in your life. Maybe it's an, an addiction. I mean, for me, when I'm, t- I'm tired, what do I look at first? I, I stare at my phone. And I try to forget all the things that are going around me. What does it look like for me to actually unplug from that? Maybe unplug from TV. Uh, maybe there's substances. Maybe there's other things that you're addicted to that you feel like you're in too deep, that they've built up so strong into your life, but God takes it back. God takes nature back. God wants to take that back, that part of your life. Maybe it's pride. Maybe you feel like you've had to have all the right answers for so long. The pressure to always be right. Man, that is lonely. And that is tough. Maybe there's loneliness and exhaustion and pressure to have it all together that is built up in your life. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this anymore. God wants to take it back. Maybe there's hurt that has happened. Maybe from your family. Maybe from friends. Uh, maybe from work. That you feel like you're on the verge of, of burnout or breaking down. These things have just built up into your life to a certain point that God wants to take it back. That he wants to remove the lies. He wants to replace those lies with truth. That he wants to turn the shadows into sunlight. That the sunbeams can turn away the shadows. We've all been hurt. And we've all been part of the hurt. But God wants to take that back. He wants to tear down the walls in your life and restore you to the created very good uh, creation that you are. Uh, I'm in the process of this in my own life. I remember the first time that God is like, I want to take you back uh, was when I was 15 years old and I came to Christ for the first time. It happened again when I was 18. It's happened many times before then. It's happening again right now uh, that this taking back isn't like a snap and it's all fixed. But it's a process. And in that moment, I was overwhelmed. Like, I'm like, God, there are so many things in my life. Like, how can I give them all to you? Uh, And he said, hey, the same way that you're completing this hike is the same way that I'm going to take your life back, and it's one step at a time. That's it. There's one step at a time. It doesn't have to happen all at once, just one step at a time. One step at a time, the sunbeams were driving away all the shadows in my life. So what do we do when life gets busy? Instead of facing it head on by yourself, maybe it's time to unplug 
refresh, uh, spend time in God's creation, or spend time with God's creation. Everybody who's sitting here beside you, uh, it's God's creation. Sometimes we need to unplug and say, I'm tired of doing this alone. Let me do this with you. Let me walk this journey with you. But I think uh, God starts to speak to us uh, in different ways when we start to unplug. And I just want to end with this verse from Job 7, 7 to 8. It says, Just ask the animals and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the sky and they will tell you. Speak to the earth and it will instruct you. Let the fish in the sea speak to you. Sometimes when we look uh, for God to speak in an uncommon way, He shows up. So life, life hack. We don't need to do life alone. That maybe you feel like you have, that there have been things that have been building up in your life that you're trying to solve those with busyness and trying to do it all on your own. We don't need to do life alone. That we can actually surrender, that we've got a God who cares for all of our daily needs. Uh, He cares for us. He loves us. He cares for us deeply. And sometimes we just need to stop, unplug, and just be refreshed by His Spirit. Um, so if you're here and you've been doing life on your own for, for far too long and you're like, I just, I need, I need God to come into my life. I need the spirit to, to break down some of these things that have been built up to, to take me back. Um, I just want to invite you to that. We've got, we've got prayer teams that are going to be here at the end of the service. Uh, maybe that's the first time that you're like, I need to invite God into my life. Maybe that's the second, third, fourth time uh, that God just needs to take back some of these things that have built up. I don't encourage you to pray. Spend time in his creation, but also spend time with his creation. Open up to somebody else. We don't need to do this process, this journey, taking one step at a time. We can do that with other people. So I, would, I would encourage you, open up to God, your freshness spirit, and open up to others and share life and take it one step at a time. Let me pray. God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for the way that you love. I want to thank you that we are part of this beautiful world and this beautiful creation that you have made, that you've given us this responsibility to, to reign and to rule with you. And uh, in that sometimes this reigning and ruling and this responsibility sometimes uh, becomes too much. But if there are things that have built up in our lives, God, I just pray that you tear them down. That in areas of our life where there uh, is darkness, Lord, I pray that you bring hope. Yeah, God, in areas where there is tiredness and exhaustion of doing things alone, God, I just want to pray a prayer of surrender that I don't need to do it alone. I don't want to do it alone. That, Lord, I want you uh, to be the Lord of my life, not me. Refresh us with your spirit. Pour out on us your identity and what you think and believe. Amen.